0: Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Bell from Autograph and House of Lords, and you are watching CMS-TV. is chris aiken presents and i of course am chris aiken and it is one of those cool days where i get to talk to somebody that is very successful but even more so very passionate about what he does so his band the black veil brides has been around geez almost 20 years which is hard to believe at this point but um they are they are back once again they have a new ep called the morning and here to talk all about it is the lead vocalist of the band mr andy Bierzek. andy how are you man what an introduction.
1: I have a lot to live up to now. Uh, hopefully, I don't disappoint. I'm doing great. How you doing?
0: I am good, man. It's uh, it's good to talk to you, man. And it is great to talk to you on the back of the morning, man, which is... Uh, you know, it would be easy to call this an extension of the Phantom Tomorrow. But I think listening to it, it really kind of showcases that you guys have grown even tighter and even stronger than, than you were on what was a great release, you know, last year. So why don't we start there, man? Talk a little bit about this EP and about if you feel that you guys are tighter as a as a collective now, you know, from even where you were a year ago.
1: Yeah, you know, when we when we went into the studio to make uh, what ostensibly we thought was going to be uh, a part two of the Phantom Tomorrow, we we you know we kind of said, okay, well, <clears throat> in my mind, I thought there was more stories to tell. And I had more stories to tell. And then we sat down to write songs and it just felt like that's not the story to tell. You know, it really felt like maybe, maybe it's an opportunity to talk more about the real stuff that's happening in our lives or the the kind of couple of years that we had been through and how galvanized we are now. And like you said there is a tightness with us that um, I believe was exemplified by the process of making the Phantom Tomorrow and then made even greater by the first couple tours that we did after the shutdown. So heading into the studio to make this material, we were about as well-oiled a machine as you could get when it comes to not only as a band, but also just as friends. You know, the relationship of a band, for me, when this band started, I was 16 years old. I have spent my entire adult life, for the most part, amongst, uh, you know, this band and and in particular, Jake Jinx, and, and CeCe um to be able to now as a 31 year old say we are as close as we've ever been and enjoying each other's company and touring the world extensively and really having a good time together it provided an opportunity to almost have closure for the difficult and tumultuous times and to write a record about how pissed off we kind of were and put uh, a button and close the chapter on that part of our lives almost as a definitive end to that era of the band and say okay Moving forward, everything after this is is the new version of ourselves.
0: Okay. Well, one thing that is very obvious listening to it is working with Eric Ron agrees with you. And for people that don't know, he's worked with, you know, a lot of big bands, Bush, Godsmack, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and now you guys, another big band. What is it that he brings that you feel like you couldn't just do yourself? Because I'm always curious with a band that has, you know, long longevity why you at this point need a producer's ear to help you, you know, kind of guide and mold what you're doing. Well, when we
1: set out to do what became the Phantom Tomorrow, the idea was that we were going to, it was going to be self-produced Jake, our lead guitar player is an excellent producer, and we were going to do it all in house. So to speak, we went and just had a a meeting with Eric because he knew uh, CC, our drummer socially. And, I had heard great things about Eric, and I really wanted to meet him. Uh, sidebar, he's also uh, a big football fan, and he's randomly a Cleveland Browns fan, which is sort of a, a specific thing. I'm, I'm from Cincinnati, some big Bengals I'm from fans, Cleveland. So I, okay, there you go. So I just thought I'd love to meet an L.A.-based Browns fan. Uh, you know, like they're, they're, like as, bang, as a Bengals fan, you so rarely come across a person uh, out in the wild, who was uh, a fan of, the, of an AFC North team that isn't the Steelers or the Ravens. Right. Um, so I just thought, well, I'd like to meet him. And then uh, we wrote Scarlet Cross that day. Like, we just it, we just clicked immediately. And there is an intangible to... certain We've worked with, whether it's John Feldman or Bob Rock or any of these producers that we've worked with over the years, sometimes something just connects. And we kind of just said, okay, well, we had plans that were this way but after today uh, we could all kind of agree like this is the right situation and and eric is just such a um the best producers i find are ones that understand that the band has to remain the band and can provide stewardship in a direction that would enhance what the band is wanting to do as opposed to telling the band what they need to be doing and eric has a, a really a delicate hand when it comes to crafting and shaping the things that we are as veteran artists. You know, we go into the studio, we kind of know what we want to do. But he is uh, so uniquely talented in the way of taking something that maybe you know, a song like "Fields of Bone" on the on the fan tomorrow. That was we had the typo negative song. I don't want to be me. Jake and I thought, what if we fl- reverse the riff on that and had a song based out of something like that? That was all it was. And then bring that into Eric and it becomes a song that has become one of the more popular songs from the record and grew in these ways that we couldn't have even seen. So, um, yeah, I think Eric is, is incredibly talented. And I think a song like savior two on this EP really typifies, um, you know, not only the progression of the band, but just how talented he is to take something that is tonally similar to something we've done before with savior one and mm-hmm. really expand it into something that, uh, I think is, it reaches greater heights
0: sure no you're absolutely right and i'll tell you speaking of greater heights you you certainly don't leave anybody wondering if you guys are still going to bring it with this ep my god devil is maybe the heaviest song you've ever done man talk a little bit about that i was uh
1: we're sitting around going we need to like we just wanted to write a heavy song sometimes if you're in a band that's a hard rock band or metal band or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. there are days that go by in the studio where you're like let's just, let's kick some butt today, you know? And so let's, let's figure that out. So Jake went home that night, came back with the riff and it just came together. And then Eric had this kind of off-tempo melody idea and I couldn't get it out of my mind, go home, start thinking on it myself, come back the next day. And it just, it really was a riff to melody to, I wrote the lyric in like under an hour, just okay, sitting I cool. knew exactly what, say. So sometimes... Uh, I love Alkaline Trio. The singer of Alkaline Trio, Matt Skiba, has talked about songs being gifted to you by like uh, another power or something where you sit down to write and the song is just like handed to you. Okay. That was one of the rare instances where ev- everybody knew exactly what we wanted to do. And you know, th- I, I cannot tell you how exciting it was to watch CC track the drums for that one because I just knew how kick ass it was going to be. Like, you know, you're just watching. Like every part, if you if you solo just the drums on that song, I think it's the best song on the EP, just the drums alone. So uh, I, I love, I can't get a, uh, enough of that song. I love that. One.
0: No question, man. Well, dude, I, I have to say from reading the press release, and maybe there's a plan that is not in the press release, but I was surprised given how unbelievably loyal your fan base specifically is. That you 're releasing this only as digital and not in in some sort of physical form, at least that's what it says in the press release it 's a digital only release. Is there a plan later for a physical product, and if not, why? Because obviously your fans love to purchase what you sell yeah, I mean I think a lot of
1: that you know at the risk of of getting into uh, the sort of politics of the music industry, a lot of that comes down to decisions that we can 't make, you okay. know and whether uh, the the people who are in charge of making that stuff when you're under contracts want to do that or not is really what it comes down to. So um, I would love for there to be a vinyl. I'd love for there to be every other part of it. But more than anything else, we have fought hard to get these songs out there and for them to be heard. And uh, finally, we're going to be able to do that. So, um, you know, I, I, can't, I can't speak to all the specificity of the behind the scenes stuff. All I can tell you is um, we wanted to get these songs out and this is the way that we've been able
0: to do that. Sure. So I, I'm going to make an assumption. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. This this EP is kind of the the holding spot for the fans for something that's ten to twelve songs in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: you know, we by nature we are always working on something new. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of the person. You know, for lack of a, of a better analogy, I have a, I have a different haircut every six months. You know what I mean? Like I like I like to change stuff up, and so does everybody else in the band. And we've always been a band that making a record inspires us to make a record. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's we've always been like, oh, that was great. Okay, here's some ideas for the next one. And mm-hmm. so, um, as it stands right now, we've already got a handful of of demos uh, that we're working on. We've got some ideas, and um, you know, I think. For us, we've been really interested in making a record that does lean into some of the the heavier elements of of our career. And, you know, that's not to say I'm not going to do the like every hard rock band tells you that their next record is going to be their heaviest one or whatever. right? Right. But I will say that doing a song like Devil for us really got us uh, kind of energized. And I and I at least based on what we've been talking about and writing in the very early stages, I would say that that's probably more the direction that we would be headed for another record.
0: Very good, man. Well, dude, for fans, not only of Black Veil Brides, but of your era of music, you guys are playing the absolute Mecca festival with the When We Were Young festival. You know, um, who, I'm assuming you're looking forward to seeing some of these bands perform as well as as performing yourself. So who are you looking forward to seeing on this festival?
1: Um, You know, for me, when I was a a young kid, I loved Classic hard rock, and I loved punk rock that was coming out when I was a kid, probably in equal parts. So, bands like Alkaline Trio and AFI are two of the most formative bands for me as a kid. I was a card carrying member of both of their fan clubs, the Blood Pact and the Despair Faction. Uh, so, those are two musts. Also, always been a huge fan of, of My Chem. Um, you know, and what they did, I was, I've been lucky enough to be able to work with Gerard and Mikey, uh, over the course of making solo music and, and, uh, and I'm also a huge fan of, of Jimmy Eat World, who I always liked, but, um, my wife Lilith Zara introduced me to their catalog when we first started dating and I became a huge fan. So, um, I've been able to, to, you know, kind of look at that through the day and go, okay. The here's the huge benefit to it. It's like four days. Right. So I can I can kind of I go, okay. well, maybe on this day I can go see these bands. But then you run into like, boy, I hope our sets don't overlap or whatever. So it (laughs) remains to be seen where where who I'll be able to see. But ideally, those would be the the four that I'd absolutely want to see
0: very cool man well dude i'll tell you what man why don't we wrap this one up we'll play we'll play the savior two video to uh wrap this up but before we do where should we tell people to go to keep up with you and the band and tour dates and all that stuff well we're on the uh, trinity of terror tour going through the u.s
1: uh you can go to trinity, Ter- trinity of terror and blackville net. and we're blackville brides our official blackville brides on all the socials and i am at andy black on all the socials
0: there we go. Well, let's check it out. This is Savior 2, new video from Black Veil Brides. And Andy, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Haker Presents. Thanks. Everybody, it is Chris Aiken and guess what, folks? I've got a couple of copies of this bad sucker right here. Call me Chris, my best-selling book to date. It is a uh, it's a stellar book, I think. You know, I, if I can be so bold, it is a stellar book. It is about my time recovering from my burn accident. It is my best-reviewed one. It is my best-selling book. And I actually found a few copies that are autographed and ready to go. So if you've been waiting for your book, uh, call me Chris. You wanted it autographed. Now's the time because I don't have many of them. And once they're gone, they're gone. So... Order it today over at ChrisAkinBooks.com.